The following episode of FOFOP is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. FOFOP advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Tofa. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> uh, hello, I'm Michael Tofa. I'm Will Anderson and uh, guest Charlie Clawson. It's good to have her here. Uh, we're sitting actually in the foyer of the uh, Soho Theatre where I've been doing my show for the previous two weeks. Uh, I did a show live here, the first ever live Fofop in the UK with our guest last Saturday night. She was brilliant. You've already heard that one. Her name is Wendy Wason. Hello. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? We have been gas bagging already for about 15 minutes. I know, it's Some of the things that we can't talk about on the podcast and, <laughs> and then we thought, well, now we're getting to the point where we can talk about some of these yeah. things. But also what I love about this is it's the first podcast I've done where we're slightly being intimate and quiet, yeah. which I quite like, which oh, will really? give it a new... We're because being I think, slightly intimate. How do you be slightly intimate? Well, well? don't you think... Well, because we're sitting close. I, oh, I wouldn't right, ordinarily... Because we're in a crowded place yeah. and because we don't want to disturb other people, we've kind of sat a little closer to each oh, other. Yeah. Then I, I don't think I would so ordinarily some sit this... will come out. Right, because it has that feel. <laughs> yeah. It feels like it's going to yeah. be a secret podcast. We're almost sitting close enough to get to that point where people, someone might tell a racist joke. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. A whispered, a whispered, a whispered terrible joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So uh, also in the great uh, uh, tradition of showbiz, and this is what I like about us being here today, my show finished last night. Oh, it was last night? And as I've been sitting here, they've been literally stripping down the posters oh, from the wall in front and, and putting up the you? new ones, which is great. like, you know, so it just... Yeah, that you've had your day, mister. Get out. Yeah. It's the you real done. It's the time. real thing they normally do the day after you leave, and I've come in and seen them getting rid of all my stuff, and it's like, oh, you didn't care about me at all. I seemed so special for two weeks, but now I'm just man, gone. I don't know your name today. Yeah, see ya. Yeah. Whatever, loser. Get out of here. Don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. Oh well, you know. I wonder if my artist pass discount still worked. No, I didn't try to use it, it today. No, you'll be your history be an this alarm. time. Will. Yeah. I'd be like, why is he still here? They won't be able to place your name. I bet they've got a, a list of, of photographs with names beside it, so everyone can welcome you with their name on it. And then, oh, as yes. soon as you're gone, you're replaced. I don't yeah. even know if that's true. I'm just feeding off your insecurity. No, but I feel like that is true. Okay. I mean, they have to have a lot of people come through. I can't expect them to remember the names of everybody who does. In fact, well, they probably don't need the thing. They've got the poster with your face on it. I know. It. Right, so it's probably unnecessary to have an extra photo as well. Oh my God, everyone remembers my name with your six-week yeah. poster behind their head. With your name on the poster. Oh, yeah, that'd be why. Yeah. yeah. I wonder why they make my name so big in the right. social theatre poster so the staff know who you are, loser. Puts the pronunciation underneath. Uh, thank you very much, by the way, for doing the live episode last Saturday night. Yeah, for you and Felicity, I, I believe it was fun. Revealing. Now, so this is this oh, no. it did get a little revealing, but that's what Sorry I like about, about this podcast. No, never apologise for being revealing. I, I no, I, I I like it best when it becomes revealing. Did you feel that it got too revealing, or did you? Were, I just I've got never so many re- orgasms I have on stage. Yeah. I've never done that before in my life. Never spoken about it publicly. No. Tell me this. Okay, well, now that we're on to that topic already, this yeah, early I don't really in the do thing. Small talk. Were, were you a person as a younger person? Like, and I don't mean, I don't need to know. Like, in, but 42. when you were 
like a teenager uh-huh. and you were taught about sex, were you taught from the perspective that uh, of a woman's pleasure? Like, no. was that a different no. era, or no. is like there was no pleasure involved in my in my sex education? There was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> God, my teacher was such no a pleasures. slacker. Um, <laughs> um, no, I mean, it was very sort of um, medical and um, mechanical. And, they told, uh-huh. and to, to the extent where I remember, we all filed into the lecture theatre. We had girls' school, boys, school, girls and boys. And mixed mixed okay, school. Yep. And uh, we were told that the year prior to us had been very immature about sex education. We had to be a little bit more mature about it. I've mm. since re- discovered that they tell every, every year, year that the, the year before was um, But also immature. every year they are going to be immature. Yeah. They're children yeah. learning about sex. <laughs> yeah. Like, And by the way, we're both adults and you've made children and we're still yeah. immature. Yeah. So <laughs> what they're talking about, these morons. If you're not uh, laughing during some sex, you're doing it wrong. Right. By the way, yeah, neither of us would have comedy careers if people still didn't giggle Do at you know sexual I mean? things. <laughs> This Especially podcast mine. wouldn't exist. <laughs> farts are funny. Everyone knows that. Um, but I vividly remember, and I giggle about it now, I remember wondering, because um, they sort of showed you the um, sex, and obviously in sex education, every time a woman and man have sex, um, it leads to a baby. A baby. Yep. So they then showed the birth. And I remember walking at the lecture theatre, and there was a girl. <laughs> I don't know if they still do this when you're going to be sick. Now, if you're feeling sick, what's the sort of diagnosis that your mother would give you? To stop feeling sick? Uh, I don't know. Tell me. Well, this girl was sitting with her head between her legs. Oh, is that what you do? <laughs> so obviously oh, she's, right. seen it. she's seen it and we're all filing right. out past her. And she's sitting with her head between her legs. Just checking? Just <laughs> checking if a baby's coming out? Just I think she was just so grossed out by the whole thing. I remember telling my daughter about it because I've never... I've always sort of when they've asked questions, I've mm. just answered them. Just like, answer them yeah, when you ask. When, when yeah. they were from the age of four, my mother, my mother was like, "I think that's highly inappropriate that your four-year-old son knows about periods." And I'm like, "Mom," he asked what was what that was. I told him. But also, that's that's partly why we like why men don't understand women and we also have all these stupid myths and stuff around things like periods the fact that something that happens to half of the population which (laughs) is such an important part of life becomes this mystery i have friends and i still find this fascinating i have friends and i've talked to them on this podcast male friends who don't know what tampons their their girlfriend or partner uses how funny. Like, you know, I find that stunning that they could, that they don't even know. Like, you've never once, like, just gone, oh, yeah, it's that packet. All right, okay. My Uncle Scott told me a story because my mum's one of seven. My Uncle Scott is the only boy in six girls. And my Auntie Liz lives in Brisbane. Hi, Auntie Liz. Um, I hope she's not listening to this because she's not going to like this story. I was going, well, now she's going to listen because you got a shout out. <laughs> he, um, like Auntie Liz used to burn joysticks and stuff in her room and they used to think that she might have pot. Oh yeah. And so one day Uncle Scott, when he was about 17, and I think Liz would have been about 20, went raking and raking through her room to find her pot. And he found something and he lit it and he smoked her tampon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's the best. I know. I mean, he lit this will be the this is where I light it. <laughs> right. Because it's got that wick on the end. Yes. He's like, this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's great they come pre-wrapped. Oh, and uh, that's also the best thing is that you know when somebody like is getting stoned for the first time, that he'd still be like, "Oh man, I can really yeah, feel it." Yeah, that will be the really, chemicals and the like, tampon, whoop. mate. Gotta get, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he died six minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> he's all right. He's still all right. He's still in the land of the living at the minute. 
Yeah, that, 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 that's pretty funny. When I first uh, smoked pot, um, I was at a university and I was at, a, at like a, a very, a, the sort of place you would smoke pot for the first time. Okay. I was seeing a popular Australian band uh, and we were at the ANU bar, Australian National University in Canberra bar, which was not the university we went to, but they had a great bar that Good Musical okay. Acts came to. Okay. And my friend and I uh, bought some pot off like a dude. Oh, right. And we did not know, like, so I, we just didn't know what you were meant to do with the pot. And it was like buds, like it wasn't like a joint or something. Okay. Like it was literally, so then we had to get paper. I didn't have a clue. Oh, no, we didn't either. And we didn't know that you were like, that you didn't just put the buds. Like, so we're trying to wrap like buds of pot. This pot's like, really tricky. In, like, <laughs> we're like, I don't know how people do this, particularly when they're stoned. So I think we just hey, wasted bad. a lot of pots. So I don't think I really... See, I went to university in Glasgow and lots of cool kids came up from London and they uh-huh. knew what to do and they sure. had years off and they'd been in India for their year off. And, and I remember the most exotic girl and, and she, had, she was one of these sort of natural, gorgeous beauties that had been at school in Japan and smoked a lot of pot. And I remember thinking she was like of another world right. because someone had cloned her. She smokes pot every day and she always had lots of jangly bracelets on and just was, you know, and those sort of Himalayan cardigans and uh-huh. clogs. Yep. She was just so glamorous and, and, and yep. like those silver earrings. Worldly. Yeah, worldly. And I remember her car got stolen. She would have had some joysticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but probably no tampons because she was probably doing <laughs> no, something she was very probably much. bleeding into a cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then composting yeah, it and growing yeah, her own yeah. pot. Serving it as pasta <laughs> Yeah, that's sauce. what I used. <laughs> Probably. It was very tasty. She was a very good cook. Right, yeah. That would be it. Anyway. What's your secret recipe? <laughs> Small bit of placenta. placenta. <laughs> you can taste Apparently it. Apparently it's really good for depression. I thought you said polenta. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is... My grandmother had squiggly yeah. writing and it's in her yeah. recipe book. Grated placenta. Or is oh. that polenta? Yeah, I can't tell. Anyway, I remember <laughs> once thinking she was the most uh, um, glamorous woman because she got her, her bank card stolen. She didn't notice that she oh, got her bank card yep. stolen because there was only a couple of hundred here and a couple of hundred there that went out of her account. Now, even now, every fucking penny in my account is accounted for. I, can't, I couldn't imagine not noticing when a couple of hundred quid... Not at university. Like, I mean, now I could, because so many of my things are on like automatic bill pay or something like that. Right. The idea that if I went on into my account and there was like, you know, oh, I'd know. a bit missing, I'm from Scotland. I would kind of guess like, oh yeah, okay, well that's that. But if it was un- an unusual amount, yeah. the worst one is I travel a lot, obviously, yeah. for work and my credit card, good on them. Like, it's nice that your credit card company has some sort of security measure, but it's also terrible if you travel all the time because basically they think someone's stolen your card all the time. They're like, there's some dickhead in Cleveland who's just spent $1,000 on comic books. And I'm like, yeah, yeah it me. must be stolen. <laughs> I remember getting a phone call from my bank when I was pregnant with my eldest and it said, we've had some weird online spending at three o'clock in the morning. And I was like, yeah, that was yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, I'm pregnant. I watched porn when I was pregnant all the time. Oh, really? Yeah, because Why? your libido skyrockets when you're pregnant. Not in the sort of, maybe like in the last second sem- trimester when you're feeling all sort of mm-hmm. glowing and lovely and horny. And and I, like, are you having, I mean, this is a personal question, but are you having sex at that point yeah. still? Yeah, but, but you want it all the time. Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah. it's like that sort of super... Supercharged. It's like being an 18-year-old boy, I guess. Well, I think that your body's also saying that you can't get pregnant as yeah. well. So. It's safe. Go you know for your life. That's what it kind of is. It's like, just go for it. Yeah. 
Well, that's husbands the other thing about husbands again. Husbands are like, oh, get off me. But that's the other <laughs> thing about the period you're talking about. Why, if we educate four-year-old boys not to be freaked out about the idea of like somebody having their period, yeah. then people will be less freaked out out about that when it comes to sex and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I remember my mum because I grew up on a farm, okay. so sex ed. When you grow up on a farm, you like, must know from the from, the, from the get-go, yeah. and it's always presented as very naturally. So even when my mum told me, like when she was giving me like advice about being like a teenager, it was like you know she would tell me like you know if a girl's on her period, in some ways that's the best time to have sex because she's not going to get pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, mum, this is yeah. some real practical advice you're <laughs> giving me. looks like silence yeah. of the lambs. I mean, I'd, like I'd, she said, you know, keep your eyes up here, <laughs> keep eye contact, but you know, film it below the waist. <laughs> yeah, don't do it in our sheets, but if you're at your girlfriend's house. And her mum has to wash them, yeah. and that's fine. I don't mind. Oh wow! No, that's but fair enough, that's though. interesting to me. That uh, so you would watch? Okay, so when you watch porn in that situation, are you looking for? Is there a certain sort of porn you're looking for? Does your taste change, yeah. or is there something? I've kind of got a weird thing. Well, the weird thing is like the lady-friendly porn. Not that I'm a big porn aficionado. No, and I don't watch a lot of it, but. But during pregnancy, like, because yeah, you know how your taste, way, like, you know how your taste in food change during yeah. pregnancy. Do your taste in no, porn it's change? No, kind of the same. All whereas the woman's sort of this gorgeous, lovely treat rather than some bitch that they've, some dirty whore that they've got. I don't Man like and that. a woman. Man and a woman. Uh, woman and a couple of guys. Oh, couple yeah. of guys and a woman. Yeah. Interesting. Not like I don't like watching women just being tossed around as playthings. I like it when the woman's the. The, the center the of attention. Point. Yeah. yeah, I don't know where I get that idea. No, from. you're like I'd like uh, I'd like yeah. a guy and a spear. Yeah, in case he. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I like a spear organ right. kicking about just exactly. In case. He yeah. can go and get us a cup of tea. Yeah, while, while <laughs> yeah. this guy's looking after Smooth me. Out the sheets. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, yeah, you, you want three guys. Now, one's going to get the kids off to school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My God, can another one put up shelves? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> That's met. your idea of a gangbang. Oh my god. Two yeah. guys in the bedroom and eight doing odd jobs around the house. Amazing. <laughs> that is my that is my dream. We <laughs> talk about fantasy sex. That's the fantasy sex I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. I'm yeah. looking for a guy who's into nailing <laughs> things to, <laughs> to the, the wall. wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not even funny. Lucy Ford, have you, have you, you know Lucy Ford? Of course, brilliant uh, stand up comedian. Great stand up comic. And when um, I met my, my, let's call my current husband. Um, he came like, like Max, my young, my middle boy had put um, a football through the, wa- the, the window and oh, Stephen yeah. came round and he said oh, I got quoted like 250 quid to fix a pane of glass and I said that's so much money he was like don't worry I'll get, I'll get you a pane of glass for 20 quid I'll fix it so he fixed the window he fixed the glass he did it he reglazed the window and I told Lucy Porter about this and Lucy went oh my god he can reglaze windows. That is so fucking hot. Right. <laughs> That's the hottest thing ever. Once you've got children, a guy that can do DIY. Mate, I, I, no, I understand it. Like, I, <laughs> people who listen to this <laughs> podcast are so sick of me telling this story. It's my one time I've ever done something. Okay. Like, and it's not even that impressive. But last year, I bought, um, so we've got like a, in the backyard, oh. there's like a you know, swimming pool and like a deck, you know, okay. like, right. So, I needed a barbecue that would be good for like entertaining. So I decided I'm going to buy like a, a really nice barbecue. So I've gone down to the barbecue shop and uh, we were having like a party a couple of days later. Okay. And uh, it was quite a fancy, you know, new barbecue that has these like, it has the same cooking technology that they have in like kebab shops and stuff. And so oh. like when like juice from stuff falls down onto it, you get that delightful smell and oh, it's wow. really quite fancy. It's all this like self-cleaning glass and stuff. It was a bit expensive, but it was a really like, I was like, well, I'm going to have it for 10 years. Yeah. And it's, this is what I want. Yeah, right, I get that. So, 
they said, look, it's a bit complex to put together. Uh, we can send a guy around next week to do it for you. But we were like, oh, well, we really want it for this party on the weekend. And he said, well, you can do it yourself. Like, I mean, it's just, you know, there's a series of instructions, but you'll need, like, you know, a screwdriver and a few other things that mm. don't come with it. You know, it's not just one of those, you need an Allen key yeah, yeah. jobs. Like, you have to do some <laughs> stuff. Not an Ikea barbecue. And I put it together and... I, it took me about three hours. I'm sure it probably should take 45 minutes, but it took me three hours. Like, don't ever hand a stoner, a, like, a screwdriver, that okay. is. <laughs> like, you don't want me to do brain surgery. Okay. The amount of times I was like, I would, like, have to concentrate to, like, get it in. But, uh, All right. All right, mate. Well, I mean, is this it's, a story about the barbecue it's or a very, else? I mean, this is a lot smaller than what I'm normally okay. dealing with. I, uh, <laughs> Just concentrate and get it in, Will. Right. Concentrate. Um, yeah, I'm, it's like I'm using one of those skill testers, you know, yeah. that pick up the, like, <laughs> um, But I, when I built that, like, I was into myself. Really? Like, let alone, like, you know, Yay everyone me. else being like, hey, you, you know, well done you. I literally was, like, walking around like, yeah, I would fuck me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't need to watch porn today. I'm just going to think of myself building that barbecue. <laughs> That's my porn. <laughs> And people right. know this is true because I've told this story more than the three hours it took me to, <laughs> to actually make that barbecue. Wow. So if you add that together, it's probably a 15-hour barbecue, oh, is it? man, it's the best. I hope it hasn't fallen apart while I'm a bit oh, away. No. Well, a barbecue with glass on it. Yeah. So, well, basically the burners, like, are covered in glass down ah, here. And so it burns okay. through the glass and then all the stuff, like, falls down oh onto the, the hot glass. And so you get the smells of everything just like, oh. Wow. I mean, it... It is a really great barbecue. It sounds like a really good barbecue. Also, it helps me cheat because I have not eaten meat for 15 years, but I love the smell of meat. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I, I'm never one of those. Like, I still, when I smell a barbecue or, like, people cooking bacon or any of those sort of things, so I get all the com- – I'll cook meat for other people on the barbecue, but I cook my ba- – so I really? get the, like, I get the smell and the flavor. Do you feel healthier now that you don't eat meat than you did when you did eat meat? Ah, uh, yeah. Miles. I mean, here's the thing. Like – I don't know if it's for everybody, like, you know, because I don't, obviously, the, the most manual labor I've done in the last 15 years was building that barbecue. Right. So I've heard about that story. So I don't, <laughs> so I don't really need, like, you know, meat yeah. to be, you know, my dad's a farmer. He eats meat three times a day. And wow. I wouldn't necessarily, you know, suggest that my dad became like a vegan and did, you know. And are you vegan or just veggie? No, just ve- I would say I'm probably about 75% vegan. Right. Um, I would say mostly if I stopped drinking coffee and uh, I stopped like butter, 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 coffee and cheese. And that'd be it. Like really you that's... You can put butter in coffee and get that bullet coffee. I've never done that. Like that much. feels like too much I've been um, reading a lot about nutrition recently. I'm quite interested in Okay, it. what, what, yeah. what aspects? Well, no, tell me. Like, I can't know just because I've, I've, I was veggie for a while and then went vegan and then I've gone right back on meat again because I've read lots about eating meat and how it's better to eat meat for, than grains and all the sort of grains and stuff oh. are really bad for you. And look, uh, weirdly enough, women, like, you know, often need meat more than men need meat. Because That's because we do shit. Right. You guys just sit around and talk about building barbecues. I mean... <laughs> we grow humans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But it's true. Yeah. yeah. I guess. And, and, like, iron is obviously very important, which important. comes from red meat, you yeah. know. Uh, but, yeah, for me, like, I mean, when I'm in L.A., I would say I eat... I would say I pretty much eat vegan. It's but really easy to eat vegan in LA. Right. I miss LA. I do miss LA. Everyone but over here goes, oh, it's so fake in LA. I don't fucking care. Right. I like people being fake to me than just Yes, being because people, to me. when they're being normal and like, it, it's horrible. Yeah. People are horrible. They're so mean. 
Why can't you pretend to be nice? Just style. I'm happy to be humoured. Right. I'm so happy to be humoured. Oh, I'm honest. Yeah, good on you, mate. I'm honest too. If we're all honest, we'll admit that the world is terrible yeah. and we're all terrible. Yeah. Why would you want to be honest? I don't feel... I don't understand people say I'm going to be honest with you. Don't be honest with don't. me. Why? Lie to me. Maybe be honest to somebody that you I trust like. who can then kind of pass it on in a nicer way if I, I need to know about it. But don't be honest in my face. My husband the other day there, I said, do I look, we're going out. And I said, do I look okay? And he went, yes, you look amazing. I went, thanks. He went, but you shouldn't really ask me because I always think you look amazing. You should ask someone you don't like. And I was like, oh, oh. Well, that, that, that Which is very lovely. About 30 seconds. No, but what he's saying is lovely. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't need the follow-up. Right. So, but no, well, it depends on what you were looking for from the initial inquiry, because there's two schools of thought, right? You've got to, you've got to be honest about what you were looking for when you say to him, do I look nice? Are you looking for your husband to tell you that you look nice? Yes. Or are you looking for an objective opinion on whether... What do you reckon, Will? Well, I, like men rarely know the answer to that question. Take. How hard can it be? Just say I look nice and I look amazing. Well, I always say that, but then you get the follow-up question and it's like, no, 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 but really, like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, does this thing okay. suit or does this, like, I'm like... It just made me look like, made me smile. I was kind of like, seriously? I'm going to go and hunt someone I don't like. Right, oh. and also I get this one a lot. Like, like, oh, does this top look really good? Oh, man, I love that top. It looks fantastic. I'm going to go and change. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, well... I know, I, I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure what you my. You can't over egg the pudding because then it sounds like you're taking the piss. No, but well, that top I love. I've never loved that top more. Well, Fuck I don't you. do that. My husband does that. Yeah, it's amazing. You look amazing. That's I've never loved. That's the nicest thing I've ever seen you in. Oh right. Well, he's okay. going too far there. Yeah. That's yeah. No, I understand that. It's a fine that. line between compliments and humiliation. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it though? That like often when you just go, oh, I, I think you know, I think your hair looks great like that, or I, yeah. I love how that is, and the other person's like, well, clearly you don't then. Yeah. And I'm like. <laughs> I'm not really sure how I'm meant to express this because what I was saying was I really do. <laughs> Forget it. We're tricky, you know. I mean, well, that's you know, that's what keeps it interesting, it I guess. Um, so, uh, nutrition when it comes to children, how do yeah. you, th- that's an interesting one to me because if I was going to have kids, I. And this is an interesting one. I'm very happy to be vego or vegan. Like you know, I would say I'm like because I transitioned into it too. I went. Uh, I was like veg aquarian or like you know fish yeah. and chip or whatever you want to call it i ate fish for a while first and then i went to full vego and now i would say that i'm almost like you know vegan you know yeah. but if i had kids i don't know if i would be like one of those people who you know well, i don't know how I, what you'd like you know I what your kids feel eat. like i want my kids eat pretty much anything but i kind of feel like i'm on a mission to create healthy junk food they like the taste of junk food. Of course. So this morning for breakfast, they had a dessert, which was chia seeds soaked in coconut water with honey and grapes and blueberries all blended up and okay. a little spoonful of cocoa powder. Right. So that sounds healthy. Really healthy, but yeah. it tastes like chocolate pudding. Right. So they wolfed it down. And you kind of go, ha ha, suckers, uh, no cereals, no dairy, no yep. gluten. Fuck you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I love, yeah. I, I love if that's how you ended it. Yeah. Just like, Please, yeah, I tricked you. I'm better than you. I'm an adult. Dairy free yeah. breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I do that. They don't. There's two days a week they don't get bread, but and they, I try and steer them away from sugar. They only have sweets on a Friday. So my sister's kids, because uh, uh, her eldest has uh, 
trouble with, um, and I, I don't want to get too personal with his like, yeah, yeah. but you know, he has uh, some concentration issues. Yeah. And one of the things they identified was, you know, sugar. Sugar's so they so decided that it's hard to just take one kid off sugar. Yeah. So they've taken them all off. Yeah. And they all, they don't really seem they to miss it. They all seem to seem like, you know, I think and they've all still got plenty of energy. <laughs> of course they do. But, but I think we're in a few, you know, maybe in 10 years time, they say it takes 17 years for scientific theory to pass down to general medicine. Oh, is that right? 17 they years? They say 17 years for like scientists to make a discovery and then for it to become common knowledge. Right. Because That's why I'm always scared about things like laser eye corrective <laughs> surgery and shit like that. I'm like, Botox. in 17 years. That, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm going to cow poison in my head. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you do it first and then I'll see how you get yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's true though. Too much. I think we're disturbing that lady. Well, she 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 sat here after yeah. we, yeah. you know. Okay. So um, that's all right. Buyer beware. <laughs> I used to work here, mate. But yeah. Twenty four hours ago, someone. I worked here. See, I used there, to be someone. Face, my face on yeah. that poster. I'm pretty sure you can still see the outline of where I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> she probably was doing a show here three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Tim Key's here, on the wall and sitting behind you. Both of those things. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So we've got. So I'm looking. So See I'm looking at a poster there. of him, and, yeah, and, if you and turn behind around, that me, face is right behind he would you. actually just be there. Yeah. Hang on, I'm going to do that do now. It. Just no, no, no. See? Wow. <laughs> so maybe, maybe she is actually he's somebody who's the work here. Yeah, that's right. That's that's how he likes to do his work. Come in, <laughs> stare at a picture of his old face. There you go. <laughs> Look at that. Um, Nutrition. Oh, yes. I think maybe in like 10 years' time, they're going to look at sugar in the same way they'll look at tobacco and alcohol. I feel like that's already starting. The only thing that annoys me about that is that all the people who like are the anti-sugar crusaders seem like such humorless, terrible people that it kind of was like, yeah. oh, really? If I stop, yeah. if I stop <laughs> having I sugar, am like I going to turn yeah. into you? Because you seem terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather die early from this. Oh, there's a booth over there? There's a booth over there. You think there. we should sneak should we into the booth? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Let's walk. Okay, as and we talk. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, actually, let's, I don't talk. know if this will even be possible because I'm going to have to bring all these things. Right, let's I'll see if we can do this, though. This We're will be amazing. We're walking and talking. I'll grab We're your, taking everything. I'll grab your Look at highlighter. this. We'll do that. Look at that. We're just going to keep work really well talking this entire time. This is, you know what? People aren't seeing it, but they should just be impressed that we've managed to move all our stuff and an entire table. To into a booth, a booth. and without stopping the podcast it's amazing i think that's the we first time this has been a progressive podcast we could be those people that don't eat sugar look what we've achieved today look at us. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that's, this is how low my expectations of achievement are that i am wrapped that we managed to just walk yeah, three walk steps and talk. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep that's that's the so, secret to the happiness guys just have yeah. low expectations low expectations <laughs> my stepfather would tell you that um, to make himself feel good about what he does during a day, he he makes lists every single day. Oh yeah. And on the first thing on his list is brush teeth. So he gets up, brushes his teeth, and crosses that off his list, and goes, "Yes, yay me." My, uh, I'll, I'll say two things to that. Firstly, I absolutely believe in the idea of lists. In fact, if you look through this uh, book, you'll see it. So there's lists of things wow. that I've been planning to do off. that always, yeah, lists. I, I find real power in crossing things off the list. Okay. If I have a day where I need to get a whole bunch of things done, uh, what I find one of the most effective techniques is much like your stepfather, put some simple things on the list at the start because as, as soon as you start really crossing things off a list, you build it has momentum. its own momentum. Wow. First thing you should always put on a list, make list. 
as soon as you've <laughs> finished making your list, cross that one off and you've already started your day. Okay. I would put uh, brush teeth on at least two or three times on that list <laughs> because I will brush my teeth two or three times a day. Okay. So I'm just going to like, they're going to be separate entries in that list. You brush your teeth two or three times a day? Yeah. Well, once at, uh, in the morning and once at night and yeah. probably I would say if I'm doing a show sure. or like a whatever, sure I tend brush. to do yeah, yeah. like a, okay, as well. So one. yeah, if I'm working, I would say at least... Kind of three times a day. Okay. Plus, um, you know, when I'm at home, I smoke pot. And like if I was going to kiss somebody, I would brush my teeth really? before I kiss them. Yeah. Does pot make your mouth smell bad? Well, it's like t- t- tobacco. I'll okay. smoke it with tobacco. So like it's, you I know, get clammy. I don't think I'd get much done. I think I'm really like, I'm really susceptible to things like booze and to pot and to like, if I have one glass of wine, I want 20. So I tend to just like go out in the lash and then not drink for a few weeks. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a real... Uh, I'm a cons- I'm a consistent rather than a binger. Big, yeah. So uh-huh. like, it would not be unusual for me when I'm doing a festival or whatever to have five, you know, or six drinks a night for a month, but never more than five or six drinks. Oh, really? Yeah. So like, I and same with pot, same with all those things. But also, my alcohol and like pot use is so tied into work, oh, yeah. like and being productive that I really kind of do it to necessarily Unwind. relax I kind of find the other day though that because I had like three gigs one night last Monday and I was kind of I'd booked to see a friend and then gigs came on came mm-hmm. up so I met a friend in between gigs and had a glass of wine and I felt like I was rocking the world because I was combining a social life with my work right but it did mean that all the great bon mot that I came out with in my last gig I don't have a fucking clue what I said I know the audience enjoyed it but I don't remember what I was chatting about that's why you got to record it no I didn't do that I was pissed that <laughs> 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 was very funny but I've got no idea I didn't do that <laughs> I, um, I came up with a really good bit in my last show last night which uh-huh. is always great fun but also just disappoints you because it was really only a bit that could have worked here okay. and like I've just done two weeks of oh shows no. and on the last night you come up with this like great bit that makes it all work better and all I had was like now regret for the 13 other shows <laughs> that I did not use that bit in that's funny somebody was telling me about the I think it's called the dilemma of choice which is a modern day thing and that okay. strikes me the same thing where in the olden days maybe it's the dilemma of choice don't quote me on that you have to google it um, no, no, we just like to say things confidently on this podcast. Okay, well, it's this new thing called the dilemma of choice, which is only prevalent in the last five, ten years or yeah, so. Because there is too much choice. Because there's too much choice. Yeah. So in the past, we'd worry about making a decision, whereas now you make the decision and then you worry about whether you've made the right decision after you've made the decision. Absolutely, because there are so many options. Uh, it's not the road less traveled. There's 15 roads yeah. less traveled. They've done studies on it in supermarkets and stuff like that Have about they? how, you know, there's almost too many cups of like types of tea and what happens is instead of people feeling uh, happy about the fact that they have heaps of choice they will tend to buy less because they're worried that they'll make the wrong choice that's me i feel overwhelmed i feel overwhelmed by choice if i go into a restaurant and they've got a massive big long menu i'm like oh god just give me the special i I just i'm not very good decisions i think it's also the the fact with uh you know, even human relationships. You know, in the old days, like our bra- they say our brains are only wired to kind of really have 150 yeah, people that. that we know. And now because of like, you know, Facebook and the internet and our capacity to know more people, we kind of haven't adjusted our like monkey brains to be able to like deal Who with that. It? Have you seen her? Uh, the movie her. her. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. When the operating system gets more and more and more and he's like, how many relationships are you in right now? Right. Because the brain, her, her brain's expanding so quickly, whereas, of course, ours is just limited to monkey brain. 
and that's the that's the thing that I think that we so rarely discuss is that uh, while technology moves at such a rapid rate, we do so little work on our capacity to adapt to the yeah. technology. And like, I kind of think it's damaging as well because this face-to-face that we're having, I think human contact, we forget how important human contact is. I mean, the irony of that though is at the same time, we would, we're not, wouldn't necessarily be having this specific interaction if it were not for technology. Yeah. I mean, and there wouldn't be people out there, like, you know, tens of thousands of people who will listen to this, like in some capacity, maybe where they're alone, maybe they were feeling lonely. That's some yeah. of the letters I get. And this keeps them company. That's amazing. And but fulfills what, that. So it, it comes with pluses and minuses. My main problem with it is that we spend so little time discussing that. <laughs> we spend so little yeah. time, you know, at school or at university or just as people going, what is the effect that this is having on us? How are we coping with this? How are we changing? You know? Well, there was research published last week about how the importance of um, making small talk with someone you don't know. Oh. Just trying to make small, like just a brief hello, oh, it's cold, isn't it? Or, oh, or whatever. It's really, it boosts your, um, um, what is really, endorphins. It's an endorphin booster because your brain has to sort of, because you're in a situation that you wouldn't normally be in and you don't know what they're going to say. Where, and I don't know what you're going to, you know what I mean? The other person's going to say. Whereas if it's my mum, I know I'm going to phone her up. She's going to go, hi, I've got a headache today. I know what the conversation's going to be. Whereas with a stranger, it's exciting and it's different. And even if it's for 30 seconds, it's an interaction with a human that you wouldn't normally have. It's interesting. I made a friend. Uh, you made a friend? Not really. <laughs> You'll hear this story in a minute. But I think it goes into what you were saying. Uh, I have a theory and I talk about it in my show that... I, I sold the big issue once. Do you know the big issue? Yes, the, I do right. Know the big issue. It started here in London, and it's for homeless people to help themselves get back on their feet. And when and I first moved to London, it was all Scottish people selling it. So I was like, "Hang on a minute! <laughs> Did they all move down to the big smoke, expecting the good times?" No, they they all moved down to sell the big issue. Yeah. <laughs> it was the homeless dream That's in Scotland. That's what the big issue is. Yeah. They were like, you know what? In, in London, they have this magazine called the Big Issue. Yeah, all right, you can we're moving. Sell it. You don't need a house. Right. Uh, so. And it's a really good thing. And I, uh, when it first came out in Australia, I actually used to do some writing for it. And then some years later, they were doing like, I guess, where they paired like a seller with like a person from the media or whatever. It's okay. kind of like, you know, to yeah. A, I guess, give that person from the media some insight into what it was like and B, kind of, I guess, attract some attention and yeah. take some photos and that sort of thing. So I, for two hours, sold with a guy in the financial district in the heart of Sydney. Oh, wow. And I have, at the end of that, never been more disappointed in my fellow man like it made me hate in particular bankers and rich people because the thing that i did not think i would notice i mean i understood that not everyone would want to buy a copy of the big issue but the thing that i like i still to this day can remember is feeling invisible people avoid the fact that you exist and we were being kind of loud and in our things and trying to you know it's like you're they're just they will they prefer to imagine a world where you don't exist. Don't exist. And these people were rich people, you know, people who were probably on their way to spend a thousand dollars on their lunch, who couldn't, you know, spend three dollars on a big issue. But not only couldn't spend it, couldn't just smile or acknowledge or whatever. Now, here in the centre of London, there's obviously a lot of homelessness. Yeah. Um, I pledged from that day forward that no matter what happened. I would acknowledge every homeless person I saw. And even if it was even just me going, oh, there's a homeless person, that's, look at their situation. Like, you know, if they're sleeping on the street or if they're young or if they're old or whatever. Just in my brain, even if you don't have time to stop, even if you don't have time to do anything, even if you feel it might be dangerous or something to do something. Just go, okay. 
And what I'd normally try to do is, really, if I'm going to give them some money or something, don't just drop it. Like, yeah. Make eye contact. Make eye contact, yeah. say hello or say good luck or just say sometimes, have you got somewhere to stay or whatever. Now, people will be like, well, they're just going to spend that money on, you know what, well, well, well know maybe what, they are, well, you know but who cares? You know shocks me about that? Because I feel very strongly about that and about talking to people who are... Um, homeless or who are in a situation that you don't know what led them to that deci- you know led them to that situation you don't know what happened there go you know my, my mother used to say there but, but there but for the grace of god because you never know what decision and like leads to that situation the truth is that most people who are living on the street are in a worse situation than you regardless yeah, yeah. like well, I, I mean even if your life is even if you are a, are a professional beggar right yeah. which is the you know that's the thing yeah if your life is literally that you have to sit on a <laughs> shitty street and like beg for yeah like, okay here's a pound right yeah fair play yeah but um <laughs> but what's a shock sorry mate, i'm just here because i'm sending the kids to private school you know I mean? so i just <laughs> really is that yeah. what he's doing belinda but, um, wants a pony so i just have yeah, to do a couple of extra hours arse. pretending i have one arm <laughs> <laughs> it's just so but, but, when but it, even when if that is your job if you've got to a point where and most of the time where it's mental illness or yeah. it's someone's been sexually abused or their home wasn't a place that they could not stay or like or I mean there are so many coming back from alcohol war. drugs coming back from so war most of the soldiers come back from war because there's like a there's a cut off point whereas if, if you've served for six years you get rehabilitation right. and don't, I don't know what, if that, what the right number of years is but if you've only served four and a half in Afghanistan or whatever you that is, and it's not according to what you've seen. It's according to the length of time that you've served for. You qualify for rehabilitation back into the civilian world, or you don't. But and also, quite a lot of those people who don't qualify end up on the street. But also, not even that. Like the idea that, like, well, there's program for people who have PTSD. Yeah. yeah, they are. But guess what? When you have PTSD, turns out that sometimes you miss a meeting. Yeah. Sometimes you can't feel in a form. And you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Like and I you mean, don't know what it is? It's like postnatal depression. Right. You kind of go, I feel really gloomy. You don't think I must have postnatal depression. You think. I hate the world. I, and this is such a small insight, and but it, I think that this is that thing about empathy. I had hideous jet lag this week and it made me feel ill, but here's what it also made me feel. I'm not a person who probably for 20 years has ever seriously thought about killing myself. And the other night when I was so tired and so grumpy and so upset, I literally had a minute, just a second, but yeah. with a thought came into my mind of like, you could just kill yourself and this would like... And like, I, I'm not that person yeah. at all. But that thought, who's, that whose real... Whose voice was that in? <laughs> yeah. It was your voice, which was weird. And then I looked up and you were whispering. Oh, at it. Well, like, hang on. <laughs> I know a way to end it. No, no but I... Yeah. But you know what I mean? But imagine if you have that thought all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. A, a thought you can't... The other day... He, okay, here's a better example than that. I am... The, I nearly walked straight through two people who were on their phones to teach them a lesson in public the other day. Yeah. And that's not the person I am. But they were wandering slowly on their phone, like being rude. And I thought, fuck it. I'm just going to walk straight through them and smash them to teach them a teach lesson. Teach them a lesson? Yeah. Wow. Like I'm an Avenger. Or like, yeah, like I'm the Punisher. <laughs> Mind you, on the way to your... <laughs> You've been Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> just move on. Consider yourself yeah. Anderson. <laughs> um, on the way to do your... Um, your, I mean, I love my job and love what I do, and yeah. I really, had a really, really nice time doing faux faux the other night. But on the way to the gig, because I'd done a gig prior to that, and I was coming to you, or no, anyway, whatever. Been at, uh, I'd been at the cinema, yeah. been at the cinema. But on the way to you, one of my my ambitions that, because obviously I work Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, and I love the idea of booking a table at eight o'clock on a Friday with a girlfriend, and us going and getting a bottle of wine, and so you know, it sounds like the most normal thing in the world. But for those of us in the entertainment industry, right. it's 
it's you know it's nirvana it's right. something you, you know you can I aim agree. a night off and sharing with a girlfriend is just really exciting and i was walking to your show and there was two girls sitting at a restaurant just along the road there and they had half a bottle of rosé on the table uh. and full glasses of wine and i was like oh girls and then i looked at them and they were on their fucking phones and i had the moment of wanting to pick up the table no and go right. what are you doing what are you doing you've got this beautiful thing and you're both on the fucking phone yeah so I've had, I mean, so imagine you've been to war. Imagine you've seen things yeah. that you've, like, and then you come back and, you know, you find yourself in it. So I always try to stop. But again, like I said, not every situation is a yeah. situation where you want to have a chat to this person. But it turned out that there was this guy who was quite regularly outside my, the apartment I was staying in uh-huh. here. And we became quite friendly. I would, like, often just drop in my change as I went by. His name was Ian. He was kind of like, I would say he was like, you know, kind of maybe early 50s. And, you know, a real friendly, nice guy. But, you know, he had somewhere to stay at night, like we talked about that, but he was living on the streets. And we actually ended up kind of having this, like, half friendship, you know, during the time that I was here. And, uh, you know, it is nice to kind of have those. There's a a guy in in our waitress that we chat to. But I am a homeless guy who stands outside our waitress and the kids just chat away to him. And I kind of encourage my kids to speak to people like that, you know. Obviously, I'm not asking my kids to go up to any random person on the street but when I'm there and it's some you know right um, but we were coming out of the tube in Holloway Road in North London and the kids walked past this guy and he said any spare change and I said oh I'm sorry actually I don't have any and my son turned to me and here's one of the weird things about being a parent uh-huh. you can guide your children and try and um, explain things to them and help them but they come in, sooner or later they come into contact with other people right who don't have the same belief system uh-huh. as you and Max turned to me and said yeah he'll probably just spend it on drugs anyway and I, 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 sorry, I can't even, I was speechless and shocked and upset with him and just went into one. And he was so, I'm sorry, mommy, I'm sorry, mommy, I'm sorry, mommy. But I just thought, it's just, it's so quickly that one person can get into your, your child's brain. And I, you know. Right. And also, you know what? If, if, if that's where you're drawing your line, then don't buy a ticket to my fucking show either. Because yeah. guess what? I'm probably going to spend that money on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, fair, buy, I'm not buying a ticket he's to Will Anderson's so show. Ten, yeah. I feel like he's going to spend that money on drugs Bless anyway. <laughs> I do worry. I'm not buying that thinking, Rolling yeah. Stones album. I believe that Keith Richards might going to be spend that money on drugs. Oh my God, that reminds me of a st- like I meant to tell this, this is a podcast story for Good, you. Beautiful. So I met a mum at the school gate uh, when I lived in Hastings, and she said, "Would you like to come to my brother and si- my my sister and brother-in-law's place in Ireland for the Easter holidays?" This is about five or six. No, it must have been about ten years ago. Anyway. So we go to her sister and brother-in-law's place in Ireland for the holidays. And it's Ronnie Wood's house from oh, the Rolling Stones. Really? Yeah. And I didn't... I mean, I, I'm not, how, you, you don't really say that to people. So who is your brother-in-law? You don't, you don't say that. You can right. go, oh, cool. Okay. A trip to Ireland. We're yeah. in. Sure. So um, we were in this house and... Um, now, uh, is, it, is the house in town or is it no, in like... it's in the, the countryside. Like a, yeah. It's a big old countryside and a country house. Yeah. And there's a sort of grass square in the middle and the stables around the outside and the stables have been converted into an artist studio because apparently he paints. Who knew? Right. And um, a nice. bar. And... When Ronnie's not drinking, I mean, they're the, the Rolling Stones. They're like wild horses, yeah, not yeah, stabled yeah. horses. Good Rolling Joe joke. And then one of the big stables blocks is converted into a, a swimming pool and a jacuzzi and everything. It was cool. Okay. And there's quad nice. bikes everywhere. So I just, I had the time of my life. Right. Um, <laughs> but one night, and there was loads of booze, and we're all drinking and blah blah blah. Sure. And someone brought this thing called Sing Star. Do you know Sing Star? Is it like a karaoke it's thing? It's a karaoke game. Uh-huh. Cool. 
So I'm singing this song. I see a red door and a murmur. I was like, I don't know this song. Yep. And everyone went, you don't know this song. This song, you, you know what this song. I said, this a... Yeah, I'm standing in a Rolling Stones right. house claiming I've got no idea. Right, what painted black is, right. <laughs> Just like my husband's like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I mean, that's kind of nice though. That must be refreshing. Yeah, but then again, it's refreshing if he... The problem with that kind of sort of accident is it's refreshing if you genuinely make that mistake. But if you're in Ronnie Wood's position, you don't know how many people are going, never heard of the Rolling Stones. Because when you're a famous person, yeah. people either want to know you or want to make damn sure that you know they don't know who you are. That is absolutely true. What is that about people? So I often bizarre. find... That's the, 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 the thing when people talk about like being out and people seeing you or knowing you. The thing that I say is all the nice people are delightful. It's that one person who wants to tell you that they don't like you and then they want to prove it by standing next to you all night letting you know how much they don't like... And oh, you're like... Really? If you don't like me, just do it from over there. It's fine. <laughs> I was in Belfast. Mate, there's heaps. I can give you some other names of some people who don't like me. You guys can join a club. Just don't get me involved. You don't it's need so me. It's so bizarre. We were talking about that today. Hate me on your own time. But then if you <laughs> seek someone out to tell them you don't like them, you're a fan. Uh, Madonna tweeted about that recently. Oh, really? And, and it was a really... Good. She goes, if you spend all your time knowing everything about somebody to tell them how much you don't like that person, guess what? You're, You're a, a fan, fan of that person. I love her. Yeah. I love her. <laughs> um, I was in Belfast on Wednesday because I'm such a because that's the glamorous girl I am. And I'm standing in a bar. And when I was in Glasgow, I used to hang out. I was at university in Glasgow and hung out with lots of bands. This is totally name dropping. I'm loving it. Um, and um, so I'm in Glasgow and I used to hang out with them bands before they, 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 it, the, when I left became famous. Okay, sure. So I'm in a bar in Belfast and in walks Gary Lightbody from Snow Patrol. Mm-hmm. And I was speaking to somebody from the BBC who obviously thought I was an old fuddy-duddy married mother of three. Sure. And Gary Didn't Lightbody walks... Didn't know used to be a bit of rock and roll. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, I can uh-huh. drink. And Gary Lightbody walks in and goes, Wendy! Instantly cool. Uh, yeah. I was instantly cool. And I was like, can I get you a drink, Gary? And he was like, no, let me get you ladies a drink. It was fucking awesome. I was the coolest woman on the <laughs> let planet. Me, let me spend some of that Grey's Anatomy money. <laughs> <laughs> Grey's Anatomy? Does he write music for Grey's Anatomy? Do you know uh, that Snow Patrol right. had that, that whatever that song so was? So now I'm one the of those one, people. You know, if you stay yeah, yeah. That if one. Just, that was yeah. like, it was in. Grey's Anatomy. And, that, and became like number one. Around. That was, oh. it was like when Grey's Anatomy. Did you know, by the way? Uh, that Grey's Anatomy is still a TV show that it gets made? No. They've been making it for the last seven years. Initially, when somebody told I me about Grey's Anatomy, I thought it was Grey Matter, and I thought, is this a brain thing? And someone's like, no, 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 it's a show. Yeah, it's like it was a, like a Doctor Romance thing that I thought went off air three years ago, but they've just kept making it. Is that the one George Clooney was in? No, that's ER. Oh, sorry. ER. <laughs> I was thinking that joke. <laughs> sorry. I was thinking that joke, you know how it got its name? By someone saying, Doctor, can you pass me, can you pass me the... the um, the scissors, ER. <laughs> <laughs> probably a joke Such that only works in. Gag. Probably a joke that only works in Scotland, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, ER. <laughs> like it doesn't really doesn't really translate that joke. <laughs> it makes me laugh, and that counts as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, that was my dad. Week. Good joke, but it won't travel, mate. I know, my, but you know, I love dad gags. I do love dad gags. Yeah, do you um like how do your kids think you're funny, or do they think you're embarrassing? They think I'm embarrassing. Well, I was trying to come up with jokes with my daughter that will sort of... Because we're doing science revision. And we're talking about... What were we doing? Oh, yeah. She was learning the periodic table of uh-huh. elements. And we're doing oxygen and magnesium. And I was like, Bella, have you heard? 
oxygen and magnesium are going out with each other. OMG! She was like, Mommy, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I think that's a good joke. That's a great joke. Yeah. Apparently not if you're 13. Not for... <laughs> Not edgy enough for her. She's no. like, screw you, mum. I'm going to watch Jim Jeffries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. He's got some really interesting takes on religion, mum. Yeah, yeah mum. Right. <laughs> None of your stupid periodic table of element jokes. Yeah. Don't be coming with your clever humour, mum. I'm not yeah. interested. I don't want to know, yeah. nerd. Well, you know what she said the other week there? Okay. so funny. It's going to be material at some point. You heard it here first. Um, she wanted a day off school. I told you this. The other night? About the Malala stuff. Tell me again. Oh, yeah, this was the... Okay, so yeah. but run through this again because we like in the context we were talking about the other night, we, we, let's talk about it again because I think it's a nice... Tell, tell the story. Right. So she wanted a day off school. Mm-hmm. I said, you have to go to school. Throughout the world, women are fighting for the right to go to school. They really want to go to school. You need to go to school. It's a law that you go to school. And I got quite ranty about it. And she went, can I just stop you there? Is this about Malala? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, it is about Malala. And she went, I am sick of Malala. And I was kind of, baby, she got shot in the head by the Taliban for trying to go to school. And she was like, yeah, well, maybe if she hadn't blogged about it so much, they wouldn't know where she was. So grim. That's that's some victim blaming on Malala. I mean, but that's the tall poppy syndrome. Even Malala's getting it. But I, think I mean, she should be a hero to all, Malala. <laughs> to all. Right? You know, she's the youngest winner of the Nobel, Nobel Peace, Peace Prize, Prize ever. But if you're a 13-year-old girl and you want a day off school, mm. Malala's the devil. Ah, uh, yes, because, because Malala is your mum's go-to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In the same way that when I didn't eat my dinner, Ethiopian kids right. were like, this kid's starving in Ethiopia. I remember saying to my mother. She's the modern-day Malala. Yeah. Right. I remember oh, yeah. my mum saying, there's kids in Ethiopia that would love to have their your dinner and me going, name one. Yeah. Malala. <laughs> They were called Malala Malala's. as well. It's always been yeah, Malala. That's it. Yeah, that is. In- it's funny. You never thought me. about that about Malala. That she's become to at least because everybody hates someone. Well, that's the right? thing. Yeah. And so, like, even someone like Malala. Malala. So that's why you should never feel bad about like negative feedback <laughs> on the internet. Because if, 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 even Malala's if getting even it. Even Malala's getting it. <laughs> Poor Malala. She also said, um, I can't believe. Anyway, her dad's making her do it, so how feminist is that? And I was like, okay. And then you straddle that line between going, yeah. my kids are really well informed. And right. she's obviously researched she knows, this. Yeah, she's got some, she's got some information but about at Malala. at the same time. I don't know. Malala's awful. got it. Malala's like, hate is going to hate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to shake, 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 shake. Shake it up. Shake it up. <laughs> That's, I mean, that is fascinating though, isn't it? Like, but, but, but that is the thing that you've always got to kind of remember that like, of course, like everybody views things through their own personal prism and context, yeah. right? And uh, we were talking about this other night that everyone thinks they're a good person. Everyone thinks they're a good, you think you're a good person on the inside. I think that mostly, yeah, you're right. People do. Everyone Even though people acknowledge their, their behavior. Yes. Yes. That's so even true. if you're like a serial killer, you're like, yeah, but you know. You can always explain well, it's away. A, it's the line from Batman Begins that comes up a lot on this podcast. I probably quote Batman more okay. than any other thing on this podcast. But there's a scene where Bruce Wayne's talking about, you know, he's still the person that he used to be. Uh-huh. And Katie Holmes's character, who was later played by Maggie Gyllenhaal in the second movie. Uh, but she says, uh, Rachel, her name was, and she says, it's not who you are inside. It's what you do that defines you. And it's a good way to look at the world because... A lot of the True. time we think of like we are this person inside, but if all your behavior is Otherwise, doing something yeah. else, and here's the other thing, 
you're not the same person to everybody because everybody's seen you. Like, so I can be, I would say most of the time, like I am like a you know, a pretty nice or generous person, but there will be people who've only ever seen me like being grumpy, yeah. being grumpy because that's the time they see me. Like, for example, if you're a person who say, I'm not this person. I'm getting that, yeah. But say you're a person that is grumpy in the morning before you get your coffee. So the person you get your coffee from every morning thinks you're a you're prick. Prick. Right? But the rest of the day, everybody yeah, else thinks you're lovely. great. I'm, I'm sure there must be people who don't like me based on that, Well, I know it's hard to imagine. I mean, <laughs> I, it is hard to imagine. But, you know, right into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, copy me into that tweet because I love that. Yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. Copy in Malala as well. Just so <gasps> no, that she, don't. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, don't. Don't do that. <laughs> and also don't copy any negative, like, feedback to the person. No, people don't need to know that. We don't need to know that. No. And here's the other thing. Like, I, I mean, yeah, that's, a, that's don't why... Don't be a dick. Just don't, don't be a, be a dick. dick. Could you not be a dick? Yeah. <laughs> but also, I don't want... Like, if I write something on Twitter, like a joke about a person oh, yeah. in the news or whatever, and you follow me, don't then rewrite that tweet and include the handle of that person. As, you know, so, like, say I write, write a Russell Crowe joke. Yeah. Russell Crowe does something, and I write a joke about <laughs> Russell Crowe. Don't be one of my fucking followers who's meant Good. to be on my side, yeah. but then puts at Russell Crowe yeah. in it and retweets it as if I've then tweeted it to Russell Crowe. You are a terrible person, <laughs> and I will block you on the internet. Did you see what I did to Russell Crowe? Oh, no, no, I'd like to know though. Tell us. So he he does this thing. The Felicity Ward made me giggle because she was retweeting. Oh, I can indeed do that. Hi. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Oh, ouch. Yes, plugged in. Look at that. <laughs> Thank you. Look at that. Look at that. Now, now in the podcast. Wow. Okay, we'll put this over here so that we don't get in the way. Look at that. Um, so one of our fellow people just plugged in his phone by us just so people know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Felicity was retweeting. Like Russell, Russell Crowe was like tweeting all his like bench planks. Oh, yeah. did this, he he, did he this, tweets his bit. exercise schedule. Yeah. So by I, the way, there was also a guy on the internet who was like <laughs> every time he tweeted, he's been blocked by Russell now, but we've <laughs> talked about this on the podcast before and you'll love this. Every time Russell <laughs> tweeted like a workout, this guy would just tweet back that he'd done slightly more than <laughs> Russell of the same things. And he did it for like for a long time before Russell finally got on. But it was just every time he'd just reply by going, like if Russell was like, I've gone for a 6K bike ride, 25 press-ups, this guy'd be like, 7K bike ride, 35 press-ups. <laughs> See that, Russell? How funny. But, um, so he put something up about a bench plank or something. Uh-huh. Or I don't know what the name was. And uh, Felicity had retweeted it. So I, I replied at Russell, oh, cute. Is that like a cuddle? <laughs> Clearly being, I thought that was really sarcastic. Right. Uh-huh. And Russell replies to me, oh, nice. ha, 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 no, it's like an old-fashioned plank. And I was kind of like, I need, that needs to end there because right. I could just, this could continue. All day long. <laughs> and then suddenly you're married to Russell Crowe and he's broken up your family. <laughs> or um, I'm looking outside my house and Russell Crowe's married to my husband and they're waving back at me. I find Russell Crowe such a fascinating character. I mean, this, you know this podcast is named after Russell Crowe's band, right? That's why it's called Tofop. The original podcast was called Tofop, T-O-F-O-P, 30 Odd Foot of Pod, because his band is called 30 Odd Foot of Grunts. And uh, then it changed to The Ordinary Fear of God. Okay. It was always called Tofog. Okay. And it's one of my favorite things is I'm fascinated by Russell Crowe's musical career. Because, you know, before he was an actor in New Zealand, he was a musical artist called Russ LaRock with a Q. And... 
Hang on a minute. My mind is actually exploding. People are like, Russell you talk about this so much Sorry, on this podcast. No, 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 no. I, yeah. I love talking about it because I love seeing people's reactions. <laughs> and I have this... I think Russell Crowe's in danger of not taking himself seriously enough. I find him the most fascinating person almost on the planet because he's this mix of one of the most brilliant actors and genuinely has done some amazing things and got some amazing things achieved. And I look at this kid from New Zealand who had these dreams and ambitions and now has really dominated and taken on the world, you know. Uh But at the same time, he's just just this bit of a dick nutbag. And I love everything. I just, I I, I honestly don't know if I love or hate or how I feel about him, but I am certainly compelled by him. How funny. Oh. Wow, I didn't know. No, just because when he answered right. my, my tweet, gonna, okay, Felicity well, Ward was talk, like... Talk a little bit more about Russell because I'm going to find you a um, picture of Russell. You're going to find a picture of Russell yeah. in his band. Yeah, in his band. Does you'll, he not hit someone this. once? Do you not hit someone's like something? He, he threw um, a phone at a receptionist when oh, he was okay. angry well, at a we've New all York done hotel. That, haven't we? Did he not have his morning coffee? Right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, no, the receptionist was out at dinner with a girlfriend and they had a half a bottle of wine and they were both on the phone. And Russell was just teach you a lesson <laughs> you've been grown it's like, oh, that was my Take one Russell. <laughs> by the way I never realised that that had Soho written on the roof here I'm yeah, an observational prob- comedian prob- probably something that's going to work best in- ooh but not only that there's a really delicious builder's bum over there oh my god like, literally you could park your bike in that okay now so here's some interesting things about this this guy has like how many inches is that like three or four inches of crack hanging out the back of his pants you would say, say that I'm going to say yeah four that's like four inches of crack but I, what I love <laughs> up above it, he's got a sweatshirt and it, it says, says Department of Physics and Astronomy. So it may That's well be a black hole. That's what it might be. <laughs> nice little physics gag that your daughter would not enjoy. No, I, no. <laughs> Don't be coming at her with educational jokes. Okay, so I'm going to look, look up, because on our Facebook page we always have lots of Russell Crowe information and I always enjoy when people send me more, so please never stop doing that. And I do, here's the thing, I do also at some stage want Russell on the podcast. So he would I'm not do that though, wouldn't he? Or well, is it, was, is it, would he be annoyed? Is no, he I think I think he would because from everything from I hear from people who talk to him say that he has a really great sense of humour. Really? Yeah. So here's a picture of Russ LaRock uh, with his single Roman Antics. Get it? Roman Antics. Roman Antics. Romantics. Okay, I get, get it. it. Fuck away off. Fucking hell. <laughs> he looks like a Spandau Ballet reject. Well, what I love the most is somebody underneath has uh, like done a lookalike of who they think he looks like, and I think you'll be nicely amused by this one. Uh, let's see if I... Here we go. Because has a lot of Stuart Lee about it. <gasps> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so... Wow. There you go. Yeah. Russell, Russell Rock. Russell Rock with a Q. I think oh, the first, sing- first single was called I Want to Be Like Marlon Brando or something like that. And now he is, just yep. like Marlon Brando. I know. Grumpy and a bit moody. Yeah, and he often puts on a lot of weight. Only in grunts. <laughs> <laughs> Not when he's bench pressing <laughs> planks or whatever it is you do. Well, that's one of my favourite things too because he's so into his fitness, but then there's always photos of him riding his bike around Sydney smoking. And he smokes. Oh, he smokes. He's old school. See, this, that's what I love about Russell Crowe still. Like, there's, 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 he's, a he's just a Australian weird... Australian bloke, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he is. And, he, and I mean, he definitely... A bloke. Yeah, he's a bloke's bloke. I met him in a, a toilet once. And, oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I didn't say anything. I just that said, oh, was, yeah. That was what he was doing his old character. Was that when he was Russell Lecoq? Russell Lecoq. Russell Lecoq. When he was a male escort, Russell Lecoq. You want to rock? So, um, no, he was uh, we, he was in a place where they do um, uh, ADR, like sound voiceover yeah, yeah. stuff. And uh, I was in there recording something as well. And we both happened to be at the urinal oh, wow. together. And uh, he did talk to me. And what I liked was even when he was like uh, going to the, the like the bathroom. The John. It's still, uh, his, his voice is still. You oh, know, really? It was just like, good night, mate. Good night, mate. <laughs> I can't even do my, even when I'm trying to do You're it. You're nowhere my near voice as masculine go. as yeah. Russell. You oh, can't no. even impersonate him being I masculine. I can't even do it, pretend <laughs> to talk that deep. Good eye, mate. Good eye, mate. Good, good eye, mate. He does have a great voice. He does. You know, that's the kind of the thing as well. Like, I mean, I think that's part of the joy. So where do you sit on Hugh, where do you sit on Hugh Jackman? Oh, I mean, wherever you want to. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I mean, anyone I'd would. I'd prefer him to be singing, frankly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Both combine the two. <laughs> <laughs> they Tell call it the sit, and, the sit and sing. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, no, uh, yeah, I mean Hugh Jackman, I love as well. I mean Hugh Jackman's the great. Hugh Jackman's almost like the the anti Russell Crowe. Like he's like if you're gonna have the like Is the good the and evil. Man. Okay, so you know, like, Yang. he's the yeah he's the clean cut superhuman. Like you know if you wanted to look at the you know he's the sort of I don't know he's Superman, he's Superman. and Russell Crowe is Batman, Batman. I guess okay. you know. So there's a darkness within Russell. Oh, uh, yeah. There's definitely a darkness in and Russell. And Hugh won't smoke because he's a singer. Oh, no. He wouldn't smoke. No. No, Hugh's a professional. Hugh, like, he's so charming. He's always charming. Always hilarious. Can sing. Can dance. Can act a little. Not night. a brilliant yeah. actor. And that's the sort of thing. Like, he's the more, like, everything's never a... Never nearly, a problem. He nearly had his eye out when Oprah came to Australia because he abseiled from I the top of the that. opera house and nearly killed himself. But Russell friend, wouldn't do that. Russell would be like, fuck that. He'd come like down smoking. <laughs> <laughs> With a can of beer in his hand. A can of beer in his hand and then <laughs> demand that he did one of his new songs. <laughs> Kick someone in the face on the way down. Love it. Take that, Oprah. A friend of mine was at school, was taught, was at a school that um, Hugh Jackman taught at. Uh-huh. And he's now a showbiz, Rollo's now a, a showbiz respo- uh, reporter. And he was on the red carpet and he called Hugh Jackman over and Hugh Jackman remembered him and was yep. totally like, hey Rollo, how's, it, how, how, how's your setup still going? But that's what, totally yeah, remembered him that's what Hugh Jackman's like. He's like the perfect human. I've said it before and I know that eugenics is a controversial topic, <laughs> but... <laughs> We should be breeding Hugh Jackman with Kate Blanchett. You know. No, but seriously, they're the two perfect humans. I heard a great story. Like if Kate aliens Blanchett. came to Australia like, and we needed to send people to meet them, we would send Hugh Jackman and Kate Blanchett. <laughs> they would be our emissaries. We see, I heard a great story about Kate when I, I did a film and my makeup artist used to be Kate, Blan- Kate Blanchett's makeup artist on another film. Right. And um, she told me a story that one day Kate was on the phone and she was going, it's Kate, it's Kate, Kate. Your mother. (laughs) (laughs) And then she goes back to that beautiful public speaking voice she has. Well, yeah, but apparently lots of actors put that on. Renny Zellweger speaks like me. Well, she's the best of all of them, though, Kate Blanchett, because she, I mean, A, she's very smart as well, but the, the other thing about both of those guys is they both have partners. 
that people would not traditionally think are attractive enough to be with them, yeah. which I also enjoy. Really? Both of them. Got, mind you, I saw that. People judge Hugh Kate Jackman Blanchett more. And Hugh, yeah, because I saw Hugh that. Hugh Jackman's, because I don't know if you've seen Hugh... Uh, Kate, I have. I don't know if you've you know seen why? Kate Blanchett's I, husband, though. I, well, he's a really gifted writer, Andrew... Yeah, but he looks like Doctor Who. Like, he looks like he should be playing Doctor Who and not one of the cool modern ones, one of the daggy, like, 80s Doctor Who's. That's what he looks like. I feel uncomfortable that you're judging the men on the way that I am constantly judged but as a woman. No, that's what equality is. I'm a third-wave feminist. <laughs> I'm going to bring down the men the same way that I bring down the women. Yeah, exactly. That's how feminism, funny. right? Yeah, that's, that's kind of how it works. Take a Look, the one where we treat everyone nicely is yeah, just too hard. Yeah. Let's just treat everyone <laughs> No, because I saw that there was a click through and occasionally you see things and I'm, I'm always like, so vile while I'll be reading stuff because I do a topical show mm. that I am um, read online newspapers for and occasionally sure. there's like things down the side where you're gonna you, you can't believe the stories that someone's come together like BuzzFeed stories uh-huh. and one of them was 12 celebrities that married ugly people oh yes and so Kate Blanchett was one of the first and I was uh-huh. kind of like oh my god Imagine, A, being the ugly partner, but if someone said that about my husband, they're not going to say that about my husband because my husband's really handsome. Right, so you, what you're really worried is I'll say it about you, yeah, right? No, no. <laughs> it's not going to happen. We're both attractive, but he's yeah. slightly more attractive yeah. than I am. You are on that list. <laughs> people who've married people who are just slightly just more slightly attractive more, yeah. than themselves. People who are already very attractive there we married go. people are slightly more I attractive. I can't wait for that list to come out because I'll clean up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just so hateful. I don't like peddling hate. You know what? And even myself, like I remember like when Hugh Jackman and Deborah Lee Finesse, who was his wife, uh-huh. uh, got together. There was, because it was funny to joke about it at the time. And then when you're in, a, like you move on and become an adult and go, oh, like A, shut up. Yeah. Like <laughs> she is, like she is a brilliantly talented, she was a brilliantly talented actress. Everyone I've ever met says she's like, the best chick you'll ever meet in your life and she's a fucking humanitarian she's used all like her fame and success to like you know parlay into helping people to helping people adopt children to help like you're like yeah like why Why you're ugly you know who's ugly the person who wrote this fucking (laughs) list and the person who made this joke it's just extraordinary but but it does make me like each of them more even it makes me think that Hugh Jackman I I know this is a terrible thing to say but (laughs) it makes me think that Hugh Jackman and Kate Blanchett are better people because they (laughs) didn't married they were just they like, married down rather than marrying up. Well, no, they just think about other things as well, yeah. I guess. You know, that it's they, nice that other things are you know, important, isn't yeah. it? That they haven't just gone also, for looks. Or by the way, they may think that person is the most attractive person well, in the world. that's the thing. That's because the dangerous thing about love, is, isn't it? Yeah. Taste but also taste is subjective. completely subjective. Yeah. Like, I find that, I was explaining that to my sister the other week there when we were talking about um, when you get together with somebody that you think is the hottest thing on the planet, it's just so amazing because you're with the hottest person on the planet, but... But if you think this person's the hottest person on the planet, you also can't believe that everyone else hasn't spotted this too. Right. So being with the hottest person on the planet has this accompanying side dish right. of fear. Having that to watch some out point that someone else is going to come along and get your... Well. Hang on. Yeah. yeah. So if everyone sees how tasty this meal is that I have, they might yeah. want some of this. Literally, the lioness. It's like when you, it's like when you find a really mine. good restaurant and you're like, I want this to be successful enough that it keeps going. But the ice is not good. I don't want people to, I don't want to have to line up here on a Sunday. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I was talking when I, I, when I walked the dog in the park, I walked the dog 
come rain or shine and in the park. See when I see all these people in the park when it's sunshine, sunny day, I'm like fucking fair weather park users. Yeah, right. Get out my park. <laughs> this is my park. Yeah, this is my, I'm here when it's. I was here I in mean, the hard yeah. times, man. <laughs> yeah. Don't just. Be I like the park before it got famous. Yeah. Before the good weather. Mate, I was here when it was wet and muddy. Where yeah. were you? Yeah. Where were you then? <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, but that's true. Like I mean, you don't. And I do think that that is. You do have. You, one of the things that probably drives people apart is that kind of insecurity. Yeah. When you find someone that you think is fantastic and then you're like, well, I mean, how could they even think that I'm... Amazing, yeah. yeah. Or vice versa, though. Like the people who think a, they're um, perfect and judge their pa- all their partner's flaws and never like hold up a fucking mirror to themselves <laughs> exactly. and go, hey, you know, by the way, dickhead, maybe you should just be very grateful <laughs> oh, that somebody wants to hang out with you. I say that all the time to my husband. Yeah. <laughs> are you reminding yeah. me? <laughs> do you mean, check me, do you know how lucky you are? I'm looking pretty hot today. Yeah, I know you're slightly more attractive yeah. than me, but only slightly. Yeah, but my brain more than makes up for yeah, that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm bringing I'm bringing I'm some... I'm bringing brains to the table. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what do you got in that regard? Yeah, looks are going to fade, mate. <laughs> yeah. And after a while, a body is just a body. Yeah, what I'm saying, Tiger, is yeah. <laughs> it's the hare and the tortoise, and you're the hare in this analogy. H A R E, yeah? Right, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, look, you had to think about that, well, didn't you? <laughs> I just had to work out which was the two. Yeah. Yeah. All right, um, you know, that's probably a podcast, right? Is that a podcast? Cool. Yeah, it feels Gassin. like one. Uh, okay, so um, tell me this. Where yes. can people, because it always takes us 10 minutes to finish. Okay. What What do people need to know about Wendy Wason these days? Where when can they l- listen to you? Where can they find you? you where can, can they? You can listen to me on Radio Ulster, The Blame Game, which is quite interesting. It's a Northern Irish show, which I've been doing. And uh-huh. it's sort of topical news from Northern Ireland. Some of the stuff that's going on in Northern Ireland. So tell is me how people find that. You find that on uh, digital radio. So what's the radio station called? BBC though? Radio Ulster. Okay, and how do I spell Ulster? U-L-S-T-E-R. Okay, beautiful. And also, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Wendy underscore Wyson. Uh, we're all underscores. We're all underscores. Is there an original Wendy Wyson? Yeah, Have we spoken she, about this yeah, before? Yeah, she's a realtor in San Francisco and not so happy with me. <laughs> <laughs> I think she gets loads of trees that are like, I don't mind. Uh, yeah, if you don't like me, my name is Wendy Wyson. Yeah. <laughs> if you do like me, it's Wendy underscore Wyson. <laughs> she's going to get a whole lot yeah. of tweets about Malala special, that she doesn't understand. I have understand. a special account for all the hate tweets. <laughs> Anything about Mike Tyson, you sent her that one. Uh, tell me, I want to know more about this show. What's the show? What, what's the radio show? It's a topical show? news show. It's called, called, called The Blame Game. And, and how does it work? Basically, it's a panel of people and you talk about who is to blame for different things in the news. Who's to blame for um, or marches through Northern Ireland or like, you know, in Northern Ireland, you know, how I, like the Republic of Ireland had a vote recently for same-sex marriage and it went through. Yes. The whole co- the whole country agree with same-sex marriage. Yes. In Ireland, a place where you can't get an abortion yeah, still. Yeah, the Republic of Ireland. Yep. In Northern Ireland, which is part of the United Kingdom, it's still part of the United Kingdom, they had the same vote, but they had it behind closed doors. Uh-huh. And it was only the parliamentary... Um, in a closet? Did they have it in a closet? Yeah, they had it in a closet, <laughs> weirdly. <laughs> um, and it was only the people that are in power that were got to vote. And they voted 47 to 42 against. Uh-huh. So... Yeah, they're not in favour of... of, of uh, yeah, but the people behind marriage. closed doors... They're not in favour either. It's, it's interesting, because in Australia, because uh, we... This is... Hopefully, I feel like we're getting to the point where it's... I, I mean... I'm laughing, because when I think of Australia, I think of your, your Prime Minister. Well, the, one of the more interesting things about Tony Abbott, our Prime <laughs> Minister, is that his sister's gay. Shut up! Yeah. His sister's a lesbian. And I just don't understand how you as a human being sit down at Christmas dinner 
and you know, and your Reconcile sister's like, "Hey, what did you get me for Christmas this year, Tony? Is it uh, equal rights to you in the eyes of the law?" Oh no, an ironing board again. Thank you. Oh my god. I mean, how do you do that? How do you explain that? How can you have someone in your own family that you do not think should have the same well, rights have in the eyes of the he? law as you do? It's extraordinary. Or maybe he's just because he hates his sister. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she was really that's mean take, to me when yeah, I was growing up. That's taken sibling rivalry to a whole new level. But I think the weight in Australia now is getting to the point where, and I think Ireland really was the trigger. Like it was that thing of going, geez, if Ireland like is legalizing same-sex marriage, then Australia is really starting to feel very, the very pinch. like regressive. Yeah. When it comes to being a progressive country. Like Australia used to be a country that was very proud of being progressive. I think first or second place in the world to give women the vote we've always been pretty yeah. progressive we were like you know we were one of the major campaigners against apartheid in south africa and now we live in a country uh that you know is 10 years behind south africa on marriage equality like you know there's behind Alarming. ireland on marriage equality that is like a decade behind you know canada on marriage equality alabama in the u.s alabama you it's know ahead of australia, is ahead of australia and it's embarrassing wow. and i think that Here's the thing. Seven out of ten Australians in every poll support marriage equality. So it's only the My leaders that time, are stopping yeah. us at the moment. If, I, if they had a vote now, it would get through. No doubt in my mind it would get through. Like the people who are in favour of it, I'll tell you two things. There's an Australian stand-up comedian who was like, before we all started, he was like a really popular Australian comedian. His name's Rodney Rude, right? Okay. And his stuff is, as the name suggests, yeah. very rude. Really old school, like... And he wrote this thing. In fact, you know what? This I'm gonna. You will enjoy this. Okay. So imagine, like, a real like club, like a club club. I guess like I guess the good example to use the UK example was like a Roy Chubby Brown okay. type comedian, right? So imagine, so Rod, Rodney Rude. He speaks in this voice like this, Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> Rodney, I pivoted. Okay. So I'm gonna ro- I'm gonna read you in Rodney's voice. Okay. Uh, what Rodney has just written about gay marriage. Now, just to give you an example, just see, read the top uh, sentence of his little post there. You'll gay. notice something gay about marriage. that. I don't get no, it. Don't, no, don't. Just read those first two words. Is there anything about that that is wrong oh, to you? Oh, gay marriage. It, it's spelled marriage wrong. So, <laughs> so even anyway. But anyway, but let's which not is get, pretty much a flag of going. What now follows is not worth. <laughs> right, but let's let's not get into okay. no. But this is very interesting. So Rodney, uh, I don't get it. Politicians still arguing over a common sense issue. It's beyond me why some people object to homosexuality, (laughs) let alone marriage equality. It's a non-issue. It's up to every consenting adult to decide who they want to root and how and why. That's what you yeah. oh so my God. Even Rodney Rude is, yeah, okay, but it gets better. Uh, they've been whinging on for weeks about gay marriage. Gay people are no different than anybody else, and current laws rob them of their right to marry who they want. It's beyond me why some people would think it's okay to enforce through law their opinions on other people. There's an idiotic TV show where they marry people who've never met, and yet some gay people who've been friends and lovers for years are not legally able to be married. I realise Rodney Rude fans like me to be funny all the time, and in front of a live audience I am. That's my expertise. But on Face and Twit, I sometimes feel like making a serious comment. Some people may think that it's contradictory for a comedian like me to be in favour of same sex or whatever, especially when I've been known to tell the odd poofter joke. But comedy is a... (laughs) The best. But comedy is about telling jokes on anything and everything with few boundaries. I also tell fat jokes and jokes about my grandfather. Sometimes I have a fat joke about a poofter. So what? I have a great joke about a pygmy who has feet like a duck, but it's for the live show. 
My gay fans like this one. Rodney Root. <laughs> now, if Rodney Root is on the favour of marriage equality, then I think that everybody should be, right? right? In the words wow. of Rodney Root. <laughs> I mean, wow. I've even got a joke about a fat poofter. I'm not picking me with duck feet. If you are less progressive than oh. Rodney Rude, you've really got to have a look at where you are in the world. I love it. Uh, well, that's brilliant. I'm glad I got to read that out. <laughs> uh, uh, well, anyways, and it's always an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you very uh, much for and, me. Uh, oh, I should oh, mention, I've just finished in London, so uh, you can't come and see the show here. But if you want to see it in Los Angeles, California, I'm doing it at July the 11th at the Nerd Melt Theatre uh, in LA. And then I'm doing it at the Montreal Just for Last Festival. I'm there all week doing shows, but on the 26th, uh, which is the Saturday night, I will be doing uh, Free Will, which is my hour show. I would love if people in Montreal came out and saw that. Um, we had such a good crowd there for Illuminati last year, and it'd be nice to uh, if we could sell it out again. You know, hopefully next time I might better come and do a few more shows there. So please come and support that. That'd be brilliant. And uh, the last leg of my Australian tour, I'm doing the show in Sydney at the Enmore Theatre, and I'm doing the show in Perth at the PCEC. They are both on sale. Justin Hamilton doing support. I'll also be doing a week in at Madison, with Wisconsin at Comedy on State and that's in uh, July. So check my uh, website willanderson.com.au for all those details. There is a poster from our live uh, show here in the UK, Faux Fuck, uh, that is available. Um, the t-shirt and the poster are both available. So buy those. That'd be cool and support the podcast. Uh, Wendy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.